I want to share something with you that uh, is very, very personal. And uh, <clears throat> sometime back, I was reading about Solomon, right? And God appeared to him in a dream, and God asked him, what do you want? But it's, it's amazing that God can impart things to us while we're dreaming. So don't think dreams is just eating too much pizza, la. okay? <laughs> it's very spiritual. So God actually made him wise while he was dreaming. It's amazing, right? But God said to him, what do you want, right? And uh, so I, I felt the Lord ask me, what do you want, right? And so I thought I thought about many things, and, and uh, I thank God I kind of grew up wealthy, so that's never, that side's never appealed to me. I don't want the homes and mansions and Bentleys and whatever. No, not, it's not wrong. Like, I, I don't mind anything, but that's, that's, not, that's not my, like, if I have one choice, right? And then I fed, said, no, okay, let me just pray a few days, you know, and then I just, yeah, I prayed and prayed, and I felt what I, what I really want is this. Let me tell you a story. Like, I read Wendy Alex's book years ago. And it's called, uh, uh, she started God TV with her husband. It's called um, Visions of Heaven. And there was, uh, uh, she was at the throne room with Jesus, and it was Judgment Day. And there was a small group of people, there was silence, and then this small group of people walked towards the throne. And then she looked at them, and she saw this little, one, one little woman that she didn't recognize. It's a small, blonde little woman, and Scottish, and then she saw her whole life. She was a child. She was working in those, in those coal mines as a child, child labor. Then she married very, very young as a teenager. Her husband was a drunk. He beat all her teeth out, and then he drank himself to death kind of thing. And then I think it was the Salvation Army preached to her, and she got saved, right? And then for the rest of her life, she, would sit, she was lived, lived in this little shack. She would sit at the table, one plate for the Lord and one plate for her, and she will have breakfast, lunch, and dinner with the Lord. She just lived with him for the rest of her life, right? And so, so when they came in, she said to Jesus, who are these people? And then Jesus turned to her and he said, these are my father's friends. And I tell you, that I was so touched by that. I don't know what you desire. I don't want gold or stuff, right? Like, like that's what I want. These are my father's friends. It's fellowship with God Almighty. It's knowing him. Let, let me tell you a joke. I never tell jokes. So let me tell you a joke. There was this wealthy South African <coughs> gold mine guy. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of gold in South Africa, right? And uh, he died, and then he went to heaven, and so he took a kid, a whole bag full of gold, you know, gold bars, you know? And they stopped him at the gate. They said, no, 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 no. Cannot bring anything from earth in Ethiopia. He said, no, this is very precious. This is very, this is the best thing of, of earth. And uh, they said, no, no, cannot. And then they called, called Michael, and then Michael came, and then Michael looked in. He said, oh, paving stones, okay? <laughs> so that's all that gold is. The streets are made of gold. It's paving stones. It doesn't count that much, Right? So the best thing that we can have is our relationship with God. So I want to talk to you about a heart after God's, a heart after God's. Some years back, I had this vision of King David, and then he said to me in this vision, study my life, my failures, and my successes. And it's been a very worthwhile study. Okay, so let's go to, um, let's go to Acts chapter 13. <clears throat> and when he, had uh, verse 22, when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king. Um, whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will, right? So firstly here it says that God found. It means God is looking, right? In Chronicles it says that the eyes of the Lord move to and through throughout the whole earth that he might find the one whose heart is completely committed to him that he might fully support him, right? So God's eyes are still roaming, even today, even today amongst us. God is looking for people who have hearts after him, not perfect people. So David was not perfect by a long shot, okay? He committed adultery with Bathsheba, he made her pregnant, and then he had her husband killed on the war front. So, so, so then when he wanted to build the temple, God said, no, there's innocent blood on your hands, cannot, right? So, so David was not perfect at all, right? He was a fallen, weak sinner like all of us, but, but there was something very special about him because he's the only person in the Bible 
that the God said he's a man after my own heart. And Jesus was called what? Son of David. Son of David. It's incredible. It also speaks about the grace of God and the forgiveness of God and the, the mercy of God. So Jesus was called Son of David, right? Okay, so what does it mean to be a man after someone's heart? Someone who likes the same things or behaves the same way. As we like what God likes, we do what God does, right? So you'll see through David's life. He liked the things that God liked, and he didn't like the things that God didn't like, right? And uh, he had the, the same desires that, that God had, right? <clears throat> okay, so let's, let's look at the first one. Let's look at the first one. David loved God's will, okay? David loved God's will. So let's go to Psalm 40, which was written by, by, by King David, right? Verse 6, it says, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you've opened. Burn offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, Behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. And this is quite profound. It says, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. Actually, God told them to sacrifice. That's why you just read Leviticus, like you read all the instructions. That way people get bored when they read, read right? Because he, God actually told them. But here David says, no, 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 actually, God doesn't want a dead cow on an altar or a dead lamb, right? And then you just burn the thing, right? Of course, there's a typology about Jesus taking our sins. and Without the remission of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Of course, all of that. It, it's a type. It speaks, right? But actually, it says, you do not desire sacrifice, my ears you've opened. My ears you've opened, right? And I, I pray for all of us. I pray for myself. I says, Lord, open my ears. Deuteronomy 6 is the thing that the, the Jews always say. You're all, you're all, you're all, uh, uh, Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Shema Israel. Adonai Elohim Adonai Echad, right? It's like that Hebrew saying is here, here. To Shema Israel means listen, 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 Israel. Open your ears. Listen and obey. It doesn't just mean hear a sound. It means listen and obey. Right? Shema Israel. Right? That's what they, they say all the time. And that's what God wants. So God doesn't want our sacrifices. He doesn't want all our money. And Jesus didn't put a gold bar on a cross. And then it says, behold, I come. So he said, burnt offering and sin offering you didn't want. He wants a body. He wants you. He doesn't want our checks. Now, yes, we give. Of course we give. Of course we give. Right? But that, 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 that's not what he wants. He wants us. He wants us. He wants our life. That, that's what he wants. Right? And it says, behold, I come. And the scroll of the book, it is written of me. Brothers and sisters, if you read Psalm 139, that each one of us have a scroll in heaven, right? Ephesians tell us the same thing. It says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance that we should walk in it. We are his, the Greek says, poemia. We are his poemia. What is poemia? It's a poem. We are God's poem. God has already written about us before the foundation of the world. Go and read Ephesians again. Right? Before the foundation of the world, it's written about your life. So there's a scroll in heaven about what God wants you to do. Right? That, that's why in, in Jeremiah he says, I know the plans I have for you. I have for you. God's got plans for you. It is written down already. That's why we pray. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in my life as it is in heaven. Right? So it, it's very, very, it's of paramount importance. If you've accepted the Lord Jesus, if you walk with God, you need to ask him, Father, what is your will for my life? What do you want me to do? Because on judgment day, the only thing he's going to judge us on is, is whether we did his will or not. I once, I once had this, this, this vision of Judgment Day, right? And, and, and one of the things, then I, I appear before, and I, I, I knew the Lord will only judge me on what He's asked me to do. And that particular vision, it was like I had to take care of 10 old aunties, right? And then He says, Where's the old 10 aunties? Jesus speaking Chinese, by the way, okay? 
And, and then, uh, boom, they all come out, you know. Hallelujah, they all look so good, you know. And Jesus says, Han hao, And then, uh, And then I said to Jesus, oh, we started the orphanage also. Then Jesus shook his head. He said, never ask you to do that. Never ask you to do that. Is it wrong to start the orphanage? Of course not. You see, God's got a will for your life. And we've got to, you've got to have to come into alignment with your assignment. That's what he wants. He doesn't want a dead cow on an, on an altar. He wants you to come into alignment with your assignment. That's to have a heart after God. It's like, Father, what do you want me to do? Like, like Jesus said, the son can of himself do nothing but what he sees the Father do. It's a wonderful example for us to Jesus, this whole sonship and daughtership thing. Just look at what Jesus, right? My fa- he always says, my Father, my Father this, my Father that, my Father, my Father. Yeah, the Father's desire. Right, so I want to really encourage you. And that's why the, the prophetic ministry is so wonderful. Because when we prophesy over people, like, it's, it, I, I mean, it's, if it's from God. If it's not like a pizza prophecy. But, like, we take some, something from somebody's scroll and we speak it over them. We speak life over them. We speak what God desires, God's heart for that person. It's very powerful. It's very powerful. So let me ask you, do you love God's will? I've heard this saying said even by pastors, people in ministry, like, oh, be careful what you pray. That's just nonsense. What do you mean be careful what you pray? Like, for, for, and what they mean is like saying, oh, Lord, I'll do anything for you. Like, oh, be careful. If you say that, he will send you to deepest, darkest Africa, to the Congo some more with the gorillas. You be careful. That's just utter rubbish. It's like just nonsense. Seriously, l- listen to me. The best thing for you is to do God's will. Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. Spiritual food comes not from us just reading our Bibles and praying and praying and praying and pray some more and pray some more. No, it's to do God's will. Now, of course, that includes reading the Bible and praying, right? But he says when you do God's will, God feeds you, supernaturally feeds you. I should have been dead long ago, man. I'm telling you, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I've gone through so many. But like because I do my Father's will, not always perfect, I fall many times, but I fall forward. So don't be discouraged if you fall, just as long as you fall forward, <laughs> okay? But just when we do God's will, Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. When we do God's will, he feeds us. Many Christians don't need another holiday. They need to do God's will. Oh, I'm so tired, la. I need to go to Europe again, la. I need to go holiday, la. Then, oh, fly off to Europe, fly back. Right? It's true. No, I'm not saying holidays are wrong, please. And Europe also, oh, very good, la. Go, la. What, what I'm saying is, is when we do God's will, that He feeds us. He feeds us. Do God's will. Number two, we need to protect God's honor. King David. Okay, 1 Samuel 17. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying that he was on the battlefield and Goliath was taunting the armies of God. I, I want to see that video in heaven. What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? He was reproaching God's people, God's church, right? <clears throat> For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? This is such a beautiful, can you imagine? It says the armies, the Israelites, the the soldiers, they were shivering because he was so big. Like, like, I think taller than three meters. He was this massive thing. The old King James calls him a champion. He was a fighter, right? A born fighter, strong, big, right? And they were all trembling because they had to send one man to go and fight with him. And then King David just stood there and King David is like, no la. He has no uncircumcised. What does it mean? No covenant. No covenant. No covenant. No covenant. Let me say to you, brothers and sisters, this onslaught from, I don't know what to call it, actually, because there's an onslaught from the right sometimes as well. Like, don't think right-wing people are always very safe people. 
Seriously, some of the Christians on the right behave like unbelievers, like seriously, okay? But for, say, say worldly, an onslaught from, from uh, whatever culture, right? It's an uncircumcised Philistine. They have no covenant with God. We have a covenant with God, right? And so, so let me say this to you. It's time for the, now, thank God, many Christians, many pastors, many people are standing up. And it's time for you to stand up and speak up. Amen? Hello? Stand up and speak up. Open your mouth. And speak about the Lord Jesus. I'm not, I'm not saying we must Bible bash people. I'm not saying we must be obnoxious. We must be uh, uh, nasty. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is God will give you an opportunity to open your mouth and speak for Him. And you should do that. Let me tell you something that happened to me when I was in the army. Now, when I was in the army, it was brutal. Okay, the training was brutal. Your mother could never phone them and complain or nothing like that. Okay, don't have, don't have. Okay, and, and they can just kill you, and then that's the end of it. Because they tell, you, they, they tell you before you go, many of you will probably die, and, and, and all of that, right? Anyway, so we're doing basic military training, and there was a phone, the phone was, we only had one, one phone, and we had a few thousand people at base, in this camp for basic military training. And then there was an officer's room next to it, and the officers, officers were watching pornography, right? While, while the boys were on the phone, and then there was a hole in the door, so they were peeping, hey, come on, come on, watch what they're watching. I just became a Christian three months ago, three months, you know, and then... Uh, I said, okay, I'm going to, I just felt I need to speak to the officers about what they're doing. Because all the, like, you know, all these boys. Anyway, you know, I, I, I went to them. I saluted nicely. I said, sir, permission to speak. Yep. I said, sir, sirs, I mean, there's like a few of them. I said, you were watching porn inside there. I, I don't think that's good for our army. <laughs> <You know? laughs> wow, well, they were very angry with me. See the veins popping in their neck, like, you know, because the army didn't question the officer, right? And they were like, that's your opinion. I, I said, no, I just want to say, I, I think we should be godly and we should be upright if we want God to be on our side, right? And of course, they scolded me, la, and then they would say, take, take yourself away. Like, go away. Kuna, like in Chinese, right? Kuna, like, okay, I kuna, and then I went. And then that night, I remember, I was sleeping, and I was like, oh, my goodness, like, they're going to, like, beat me up, or what's going to happen to me? So I was lying, and then suddenly I saw this shadow. I think, oh, they've come for me, <laughs> they've come for me, right? And then suddenly I look, I look and I saw just, but just one person. I thought, oh, thank God, just one person. One person can, right? <laughs> and then he's like a platoon, I was a sergeant, right? And he said to me, shh. And I'm like, okay. He said to me, Bota. I said, yes, sergeant. He said, I heard what you said today. I feel very convicted. I will go to the priest tomorrow and confess my sins. <laughs> and then, and then, then I, I said, no, 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 no. But of course, you speak softly because the other guys are sleeping, right? Like, you know. I said, no need, to, no need to go to the priest line. You go to Jesus. Jesus will forgive you. Jesus will save you. And I prayed for him right there. Hold his hand. Can you imagine? I prayed for him. I prayed to him, sergeant. It's wonderful, isn't it? Just, God will give you opportunity. Stand up and open your mouth. Yes, sometimes it takes courage, but ask Holy Spirit to give you courage, right? There's no such thing as a quiet Christian. Hello, hello. Watch when he said, if your neighbors don't know you're a Christian, you're probably not. That's what I didn't say, huh? Watch when he say, huh? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, can there be a light and uh, you cannot see the light? Right? If a light's on, the light's on. You can see the light, Right? So shine, shine, speak up. I find many times when I go exercise, I do different kinds of things, right? And I would just sit and talk to the people, and I just, I just say simple, I just say, Jesus changed my life. Can I pray for you? Jesus healed me. Can I pray for you? Just share. Very simple. I, I never condemn. I never attack. I just share with them. So we need to protect God's honor, right? We need to stand up for what is right. We need to open our mouths and speak. Amen?
Because other people, they're not quiet about what they believe. I mean, just go to TikTok. I mean, it's like, it's like loony world. It's like crazy world, this TikTok. You want to just go to TikTok and see the videos. People are nuts. They, call, they lost it. They're mentally ill. No, no, I feel for them. But don't, those people are not quiet. And they have no saving grace in what they're saying. It's just a bunch of nonsense. Why are we quiet when we have the, it says, you know, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God and salvation for everyone who believes. But how will they believe if they don't hear? Amen? Hello? Christian? God's given your mouth open. Amen? Right. Okay. Next one. David loved God's sheep or God's people, right? So the first one is 1 Samuel 17. Okay? But God said to Saul, uh, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Now, I, when you read the Bible, you don't anyhow just quickly read it. You must think, put yourself into the situation, right? I always do that. I, because years ago, I told the Lord, the Bible's not a Marvel, Marvel comic book, but it's Batman, Spider-Man, uh, you know, swing here, swing there, and then you close it, and then it's finished. I want to participate in what, what, what the miracles of God, right? So I always think, my, uh, put myself into this situation. I've seen lions, okay, huge, huge lions, close to me, right? They roar, and then my whole stomach inside tremble. Right? It's very frightening. It's very frightening. Actually, the roar of the lion, it... it, it it brings like a panic, like a lameness over their, over, over their prey, right? Look what David did. It came, it took one of the sheep from his father's fold that his father entrusted to him. He went after it, grabbed it by the mane, struck it and killed it. I don't know how he did that, by the way. I don't know how he did that. I don't know. I don't know. Because most people, they don't even have enough power to grab a man and punch him with one and then he dies. He could kill, a, I don't know how he did that. But I, I, I want you to see this. It says, I have found. So God was sitting there, wherever, in heaven somewhere, okay, on his throne. And then he saw David doing that. And he, I'm sure he called the angels and everything. He says, come, 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 come. Look, look, look. Look at that young boy. Look at what he, he's prepared to put his life on the line for sheep, dumb animals. Because his father entrusted them to them. He will not let the lion kill what his father gave to him. You know, and many times, many times we just let people go. Right? Many times we just let people go. Now, I mean, the Lord showed this to me years ago. Many times we just let people go. I remember when I was in Taiwan, the very first convert we had in Taiwan. She never heard the gospel before. The first time, her name was uh, Zhang Xingyu, or we call her little, little Tina, because she was small. The first time she heard the God, ever heard the gospel, she got saved. Can you imagine? Because the Bible promised that. She says, those who have never heard will believe. So the Bible says. And I remember about six months after she, she became a Christian, she just went off the rails. She went to the nightclub. She never smoked, never drank. She started drinking, smoking, dancing on the tables. And I remember I just felt the Lord spoke to me and about my past and that I was such a rotten sinner, right? How can I judge or whatever? So I went to these, one of these dens that she was in, and I found her. And I had to take her outside because she couldn't hear. It was so loud inside. You cannot hear. It's like you talk. It's you can't hear anything, right? Anyway, and I remember I, I took her outside and I said to her, I will always, of course I spoke Chinese to her, but I said, I will always pursue you. I will always love you. You will never get rid of me. It doesn't matter what you do. God will always love you. I will always love you. A few months later, she came back to church. That's what people need to know. We will never let go of them. Amen. We will protect them. 
David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down to it. Let me just say this. His brothers didn't like him at all. But once he got into what God had for him, they recognized. So sometimes when people don't recognize you, people don't want to affirm you, whatever, don't be bothered by that. Don't be like Joseph and keep on telling him, I had another dream. You just keep quiet. You just wait, okay? The Lord will exalt, and then your brothers will actually come to you, just like Joseph as well. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented gathered to him, so he became captain over them. And there were about 400 men. Now, David was in a cave. He wasn't in a palace. Now, now this is something, I don't know if you, how you read the Bible, but when I read this, this is phenomenal, right? Because what we have here, we have an absolute hero. He killed a giant, right? He's a poet. He's a musician. He's an A-star student, basically, right? Now, we know, I don't know when you were in school, when I was in school, there are four kinds of people. There's the, the nerds, the academic, very smart people, A-star people. Then there's sport people. People are very good at sport, right? The school I, I was in. Then there's a gr small group of people who are good at both, right? There's geniuses who can play rugby or whatever, right? And then you have the group who are not good at anything, <laughs> right? And those, those groups, they don't mix. They don't mix. They don't mix. They don't mix. Like, like break time, you see all the nerds together with their, their glasses, and they're talking about chess, and then you have the sport people together, and, and the people who are not good at anything also together, Right? <clears throat> But here, these basically useless people came to King David. They were drawn to King David, and he was a hero. I mean, they had songs on the pop charts about King David. Saul kills his thousands. I, I'll try to sing, but I, I don't sing that, so I won't sing. Paul, uh, Saul killed his thousands. David kills his tens of thousands. They were singing songs about him. He was an absolute, he's a national hero. These useless people were drawn to him, and they didn't feel condemned in his presence. And again, I think when, when God saw that, God said, I found. I found someone like my son, like Jesus. That's why Jesus called son of David. Jesus called son of David. Incredible, right? Same with Jesus. Jesus was Mr. Holiness, okay? Holiness oozed out of him. He was glowing in the dark, Jesus, right? What happened? Sinful people, prostitutes, tax collectors, all the sinners came to him. He was a friend. Actually, it was his title. They called him a friend of sinners. And they, they felt, can you imagine, he's Mr. Holiness. Sinners felt comfortable in his presence. They were drawn to his presence. Just like King David, useless people came to him. So brothers and sisters, we, it, 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 begs us, it begs the question, why don't sinful people want to come to church? Why don't people feel drawn towards God's people? Maybe because we're too judgmental. Maybe because we don't have the heart that we will kill a lion to save one of them. Amen? Hello? Yes. Yes. Years ago, I mean, the, the Lord asked me this question, are you a friend of sinners? Because I am. Because I said to Jesus, oh, Jesus, I just want to be like you, Jesus. Jesus, I just want to be like you. And he said, okay. Because <laughs> he told me I'm actually not like him. Like, right? And, and So, friend of sinners. He said to me, are you a friend of sinners? I, I said, well, I, I'll try. He says, well, what are their names? What are their telephone numbers? Which sinners? So, but I says, I'm going to encourage you. Pray. Ask God to touch your heart. Touch your heart, right? Love God's people. Remember what Jesus said to Peter when, when, after Peter denied him. Jesus, three times. Jesus said, do you love me? He said, yes. He said, then feed my lambs. That's it. Can you imagine? Jesus equates that. If you love him, you'll take care of his children. 
all parents, you'll all agree with me. Like if somebody looks after your kids or somebody blesses your children, there's nothing great that people can do for you, right? Right? The same for God. Look after his children and those who are going to become his children. Have a heart for people. Have a heart for people. That's what King David had. Okay. Next one, number four. David would not touch God's anointed. Right? He says, then the men of David said to him, this is the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand that you may do to him as seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's rope. Now it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he cut Saul's rope. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David restrained his servants with these words and did not allow them to rise against Saul. And Saul got up from the cave and went on his way. It's incredible. Now let me, let me show you this. David had a prophecy. We, we, we don't know who. Was it Nathan or who, who prophesied? We, we don't know. But it's Samuel. We, we don't know. Okay? The Lord will deliver your enemy into your hand. Now look at this. That you may do to him as seems good to you. I think it was a test from God. It's a test from God. You see, sometimes God doesn't tell us what to do. He, he sees how we will behave. He sees what we will do. Right? But David says, no, I cannot touch this man. Even though Saul was, Saul was crazy. Okay, he was crazy. He even took a spear, tried to kill David. He, the spear went into the wall, penetrated the wall. He went to a, a witch to find counsel. Like, like he, he was nuts, right? Yet David would not kill him. David would not touch him, right? So brothers and sisters, please, can I, can I ask you something? Please shut your mouth about other people. Don't talk about other people. Don't talk about other people. Years ago, I, I heard this testimony from an American pastor. He says he's... His great-grandpa, I think, was, was, was a, a pastor in Texas somewhere, like many, like 18, whatever, right? And so this outlaw came to the town, and then the sheriff shot the outlaw, okay? And so then, because he's the pastor, he had to bury the outlaw, right? Nobody knows him, no father, no mother, nobody knows, right? And so at the gravesite, of course, he read the, I think he read the, the, the Psalm 23, you know, and then he had to say something about the outlaw. And he looked up, but he never said anything bad about anybody. He refused to. And I remember that guy said, and then his great-grandfather said this, well, I guess he, has ni- he had nice teeth, didn't he? <laughs> right? He looked for something good to say about the outlaw. He would not say anything bad, right? So, so I, I, I want to really, really encourage you. You know, like some year, uh, I think last year sometime, <clears throat> Pastor Konghi from City Harvest, right? He, we had a, um, a thing on, on, on Zoom, and he spoke to a lot of pastors, and people asked him questions, and Oh my goodness, I just cried, I'm telling you. I just cried. I just, I just, because I criticized him, right? I, I did. Like, no, not to people. I didn't write books. I didn't like, but I, I, I had, I think I had too much to say about him, right? Now, now I'm not saying if, if something is not right, or, but the Bible says if your brother sins against you, you go to him and you yourself and go, go and talk to him, right? Right? And so I, I just repented. And then I'm thinking about another pastor. Oh, I said this. And I'm thinking about, oh, I said this. Brothers and sisters, if we have hearts after God, we will not judge other people. Because it says in Romans 14, 4, Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master, he stands or falls. So if God anoints somebody, God uses somebody, you don't like the car they drive, it's none of your business. They don't work for you. They don't work for you. If you don't like the houses too big that they live in, it's, it's, that's there and God's problem. We should mind our business and just do what God told us to do. I remember years ago when I was, when I was a teenager, 
there was this lady, her name was Tafina. She worked for my mom, I don't know, for African lady for like 20 or more years. Like, you know, my mom just loved her and built a little house on our property. And um, I remember one day I was a little bit, the way I spoke to her was a little bit disrespectful. My mother called me. She's, my mom is, is German, from German descent. She's quite feisty, my mom. And she told me off. She said, that lady doesn't work for you. She works for me. Do you understand that? Yes, mom. If you ever speak to her like that again, you will cook your own food and do your own washing. <laughs> I said, yes, mom. I, I, she, I, my mom, she, she, she would do that. You know, I, I knew my mom doesn't say and then don't do. My mom's German, very precise. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. And, uh, but can I ask you as well, please teach your children to respect the people that work for you. It's terrible when, when I, I, you know, where I live, I, I see this Filipino lady, then she carries the bag, the, the school bag, and the groceries, and the little boy just walks like anyhow, he's carrying nothing. That's disgusting. The boy should carry everything. You want to raise a wimp, is it? A useless, weakling little boy. No. You should let the auntie walk. Call her auntie. Because she's old enough to be his mother, you call him auntie or madam. And then he carries everything. It'll make him strong. It'll make him strong. Teach, teach your children to respect other people. And don't mollycoddle your boys. Amen? Come on. You can't have a nation of weakling men that are like no spine like. Okay, that's a whole nother topic. I don't want to go into that now. <laughs> Seriously. Don't spoil your sons. Don't. Don't spoil them. Put steel in their backbones. Teach them to respect and to honor. Amen? Very important. Seriously, very important. My dad called me one day. My dad said to me, what's a man? Now, I won't tell you everything my dad said because some of it was a little bit below the belt. But, I'm not. but he said to me, it's not the size of this or that or that. It's the size of your heart. I said, Dad, what, what, what do you mean by that? He says, a great man has a great heart and a big heart because he, he can take responsibility. First for yourself and then for your community. Be a man, my dad told me. I said, yes, Dad. Wonderful father. He never spoiled me. Okay, that's not on the topic. <laughs> okay, but I, I, I want to qualify one thing. It says in, in Psalm 105, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. So many times, like cults or people, they use this to silence people. So people can never question, right? That's not what I'm speaking about. That's not what I'm talking about. Like that's why we have an AGM. You can come to AGM and say, why you spend the money like that? Why like, you can, can, you can ask questions. If, you, if we preach stuff, you think, hey, that's not in the Bible. You can question that. Of course you can. Of course you can. Of, please do. Okay. We have freedom of speech. We're not a cult. Right? Recently, my daughter watched this thing. I think on Netflix, she said, Dad, you must watch this thing. It's about some pseudo-Christian group. Like, like the, the prophet tells everybody, you marry this one, and you marry that girl, and uh, they marry teenagers, and the, whatever the prophet says, you must just do. La. That's a cult. We're not a cult. Right? And then they use this scripture to justify them controlling and manipulating people. No, we never do that. We're not a cult. I don't tell you how to brush your teeth. You just go learn from a dentist. La. <laughs> okay? But the, the, the key is in this. It says, do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. No harm. We don't harm people. We don't slander about people. We don't gossip about people. If we have a valid question, ask them. Ask them, right? But we don't do harm, right? Just like King David. We don't, even though Saul was a crazy guy, he wasn't going to touch him. He wasn't going to touch him, right? Okay, and then the last one, a man after God's heart, he built a house for God, right? So 2 Samuel 7 
It says, Now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies all around, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in the house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside ten curtains. This is so beautiful, right? So what David was saying, I live in a palace, I live in a palace, and uh, God lives in the tent. That's basically what you're saying. And he's saying, that's not right. Look at what I've got. Look at my, my, my servants and all the stuff, and then God lives in the tent. Of course, then God sent Nathan back to him and, and said to him, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. Where, how will you build the house big enough for me? Right? But then the Lord allowed him. And so please remember, the, the thing of the, the temple that Solomon built was David's idea. It was never God's idea. It was David's idea. But because he had a heart for God. And you know, he provided, let's say, about 34 tons of gold. I think it's worth about $2 billion today. Everything he had, he gave for the building of God's house. So let me ask you, do, do you have a heart for God? Do you have a heart for God's church? Right? Do you have a heart for his bride? Now, is his bride perfect? No. None of us are perfect. Right? Me and my, 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 my oldest son, we've had, been having this very fiery conversation and, and Zooms and stuff about this. Because he sees a lot of wrongs in the church. He sees that the bride's dress is dirty <laughs> and the shoes are dirty. And then he says, wow, 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 this, wow, wow, that, wow, wow, that. And he's right. Every, most things he says is completely right. But we are still part of the body. Amen. So I remember many, many years ago, my spiritual father said this to me because I was like, nya, 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 complaining, complaining, right? Like, like an immature Christian always complains. Okay, hello, hello. Did you hear what I said? Immature Christians always nya, 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 complain, complain. So I was like, nya, 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 complaining to him about this and about that church and all those people and, and how carnal they are. And then he said to me, may I ask you a question? Like, I'm asking you a question now. May I ask you a question? I said, yes. He said, are you part of the problem or the solution? So I'm asking you today. Yes, there's things in God's house that are not ideal. There's all kinds of things. But are you part of the solution or are you part of the problem? And if you just, nye, 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 you're part of the problem. We should be part of the solution. And I, I want to really encourage you. Did you know that... God has called us to be in Antioch, okay? And it, it's not being revoked like some false prophet said, oh, God has taken away our Antioch calling. That's rubbish because the Bible says the gifts and calling of God is irrevocable. So please just read the Bible before you believe what other people say, right? The Antioch calling is stuff. But what does it mean? It means we must go to the ends of the earth. Do you know there's 7,000 people groups who don't know Jesus from a bar of soap? Did you know that? 7,000 people groups. Who will go tell them? Ah, some American from the Southern Baptist Convention. <laughs> no, no, Singaporeans will go. Amen. I have this thing about the Amazon. I don't know why. We need to go to the Amazon. <laughs> we need to go preach to the, the pygmy, all right? We need to go to outer Mongolia and go preach to the Mongols, right? Seriously, brothers and sisters. That's what King did. He had a heart for God's house. He was looking at his own house. He was looking at what he had, and he was looking, and he thinking, that's wrong. That's wrong. I cannot have all the stuff and then, no, I must. And the same thing, Jesus said, zeal for your house has consumed me. That's why Jesus overturned the tables. Not because he had anger management problems. So let me ask you, what, what, what heart do we have for Father's house? He says, my house will be called the house of prayer for all nations. There's still 7,000 unreached people groups that don't know Jesus. How are we involved? We need to be involved in it. If we say we have a heart for Him, He died so those people can know Him. He died so those people can know Him. How will they know? You see, everybody thinks somebody else will go. 
Everybody thinks somebody else will go. No, we need to go. Let me tell you something. Singaporeans are blessed, okay? I'm not, I'm kind of Singaporean now. Like I've been here for 20 something years, right? But, but Singaporeans have a knack to organize things, to create a system, to, to, to build something. People need you. There are many, many missionary groups in, in the nations I've seen that they, they cannot organize anything. Singaporeans can bring structure to things. That's why you need to go to the Amazon. That's why you need to go to outer Mongolia. Because the Mongols cannot organize like a Singaporean. A lot of people preach the gospel, but today what's left, not, not much. John Wesley could organize the Methodist church. It's still, it's still around, you know, because he had a wine skin. He had an administration for what God was doing. There's a great revival coming. Do you know that? There's a massive wave of God coming. Millions of people are going to get saved. Who is going to put them into a wineskin that will contain the wine? Otherwise, all the wine is on the floor. Now. Amen? Look at what you have and thank God for that. And then thinking, well, maybe I should be more concerned about my father's house. How's my father's house doing? Amen? Okay, I want to pray for you now. If you, if you, I, I want to pray for like a missionary call as well. Like I, I, you know, I, I went to the mission field on the 3rd of March, 1988. I left my mom behind. I left, I was 25 years old. I just went to the nations, right? And God has sustained me, right? I learned another language. Some of you should learn other languages because we have to build our Father's house among all nations, all people. I want to pray for you. Right? But then I also want to pray, if you, if, you, if you have this desire that I have, Lord, I want a heart after God's. I want my heart to align with my Father's heart, right? Like Bill Johnson says, we must come into alignment with our assignment. That's what God has for us. I have some words of knowledge that I want to share with you that we want to pray for you. If you have lower back pain, okay? Somebody, you have lower back pain? Then I, I, uh, somebody, uh, it's a lady who have arguments with her father, Right? And, and God wants to bring breakthrough in that relationship, right? Then somebody you cannot conceive, right? Like you, you're praying for a baby. You're actively praying for a baby. God wants to. Then there's a name, David, Carol, John, right? Now, some of, I shared during the first meeting, but I felt this for this as well. Somebody has childhood trauma. Something happened to you when you were little that, that, that's still lingering with you, that, that the effects of that trauma. Listen to me. Somebody once said to me, like personally, about, about my stuff. He said, time doesn't heal. God does. Listen to me. Time doesn't heal. God does. Only God can heal us. You think, oh, I just, just give it time. No, no. I can break my leg and just give it time. It doesn't going to come right by itself. Okay, somebody has a, something on the liver, like a cyst or a tumor or something. And then somebody, it's your birthday today. We're going to pray for you, right? Okay, so let's all stand. Let's all stand. And then I, I want you to come forward. Anybody who wants prayer, if you just feel like, okay, I, I, Lord, give me a heart after you. If you feel you want to dedicate, you say, Jeremiah, I sent me. Jeremiah, I sent me. And remember, the best place to be is in the middle, in the center of God's will. It's the safest place to be. It's the most beautiful place to be, right? Father God, we want to thank you today. We want to thank you for, for King David. We want to thank you for the amazing example 
he was, Lord. And that, Father, you, you said you found him. He had a heart after your heart, Lord. And Father, we, 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 we confess this morning, we are not like King David. We confess, Lord, we, we don't have hearts like him, but we ask you to change our hearts. We ask you to touch us, Lord. We ask you to, to help us to be concerned about the things you're concerned about. We ask you, Lord, that we would give our lives to build your house. Lord, we ask you that we will defend your honor. We ask you, Lord, that you give us a love for people, that we will lay down our lives. No greater love is no one than this, that one would lay down his life for his friends. Not for the church, not for, 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 for just for Jesus, but for his friends. Give us those kind of hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So please come forward if any of those um, words of knowledge spoke to you or you just want prayer or you just want to dedicate yourself to the Lord. We want to just spend some time praying for you. God bless you. Have a good week. Let's, let's uh, remain in an attitude of prayer. You've just listened to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.